The Good Day Health Podcast with Dr. Ken Kronhaus, sponsored in part by Calitrin, the safe, proven way to lose weight and keep it off, and by Prevagen, really good for your mind. I'm enthusiastically yours. I'm enthused because I have Dr. Ken Kronhaus here with me. I'm Doug Steffen. He's a uh, an eminent cardiologist, circulatory. He likes to call himself a preventative cardiologist, which is kind of a cool name and actually what he does. Uh, when I go to see him every year, we still have some a few items of interest to maybe discuss as they play into some of these issues this week regarding your expertise and heart problems, the things that are important for all of us to keep in our minds as we move forward to try to stay healthy and to, as Ken says, stay on planet Earth as long as possible. So let's get started uh, with something that I find <laughs> annoying, however, uh, because it's there, we have to deal with it. That is more on COVID with a study that uh, sort of answers the question that looks like, Ken, who is most likely to get long COVID? Uh, so yeah. who is most likely to get long COVID? Good question. And, and fortunately, there's not much news on COVID this week, so it'll keep you with a smile on your face. Right. Yes. This is an important study out of the Journal of the American Medical Association Internal Medicine this week because too many people are suffering from COVID and too often we don't know what the cause is. Big question everyone asks us doctors is how long will it last? We really don't know. Why are we getting it? Not well known until this study came out and it tells us who's most likely to get long COVID. Remember, long COVID is when you get symptoms of COVID that last for more than two to three months. Or if you get new symptoms that are part of COVID you didn't have originally about two to three months after the onset. So, so who's most likely to get long COVID? And who's not likely to get long COVID was also answered in this study. The people most likely to get long COVID, you want to guess, Doug, are, you, are three groups. Do you want to guess? You want me to give them out quickly? The people who are most likely to get long COVID are people who have bad, really bad, uh, the, like, well, bad. If your immune system doesn't work, it's, I suppose, by definition, bad. But I would say that would be on the top of the list, Yes. Those are on. Those are high up. These are people who have had the worst of the COVID, severe COVID, and they're in the group who are at risk of getting long COVID. There's three other groups, not as likely or as obvious, but if you think about it, they're pretty obvious. All right, I'm going to leave it to you. Smokers. Ah, yes. Those who are obese. Makes sense. Yeah. Obese. We're talking about BMI greater than thirty. And then another one, females. What, just women? Women in general. And I don't know whether this is because they're more sensitive to their issues or they go more often to the physicians and they get captured in the system or whether it's really genuine. And this has to be studied a little more. Hmm. All right. So uh, when you say it has to be studied a little more, how does that take place? Who takes up the mantle of studying this more? Well, this is a very active area of study, and it's just that it's new. I mean, how... Well, 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 well of, but at this point, don't we know everything that there is to know about COVID? About COVID? What else is there to know other than oh, it changes every five minutes and yada, yada? Is it, well, there's still a lot to know. I mean, it's it, it only uh, we only first had our first cases 
um, a little over three years ago. So it's it's a relatively new illness. We're still learning a lot about it. We can't even agree on the origins, and I don't even want to go there. But mm-hmm. but as sad as that is, but mm-hmm. um, I, I think, think we've agreed pretty much. I think at this point, we pretty much all agreed. Anybody who's got any common sense uh, as to where it started, how it started, yes, and um, but, but but the. COVID-19, there's still, uh, long COVID-19, there's still a lot to be learned about it. And uh, as I mentioned, we still really don't totally understand what causes it, how long it'll last. And I think we learn a little bit better from this study, who's most likely to get it. And the other issue about it, who's least likely to get it in the study, they showed that if you had at least two pokes of the vaccine, you were significantly less likely to get long COVID. In the first round, you mean, first time around? At any point, at least two pokes. Of the well, vaccine. are there anybody? All right, this, that's a good question that needs clarification. So let's say we didn't get the first three shots. And now we've decided, watching all the advertising, my pharmacist told me the other day that all it is now is a, is a, is a, a money play as far as Pfizer is concerned and, and Johnson & Johnson and whomever. Uh, they're just trying to get people to take it. But the benefits of taking, in his opinion, uh, of getting the shots now is is minimal. But let's say you haven't had the first three. What happens if you decide to take the shots now? Do you have the same protection? Because this stuff is different than the first round. So what is what happens if you get if you're starting fresh and you've never had a shot before and you're taking the shots now? All right. So. You're asking about the booster versus no, the original. Well, do no, they wait, call wait, them wait, boosters wait. now? Yes, yes, yes. They yes. still do. Okay. Give me a second. Give me a second. Yeah. You're talking about the original vaccine versus the booster, which was a combination of the original plus a change in the shot. And if you have never been vaccinated, you can actually go to a menu and choose from which way to go. And if you were asking me, I would recommend that you take two of the boosters, which is the combination, and that's how you get vaccinated over a, over a period of time, three to four weeks, depending on which which brand you got. But that would be a menu for your doctor to decide for you. But there are there are people in that category, and if you uh, if you go to the various pharmacies that offer the shot, you can see they give you that big wide menu of choices. Do you want the original? Do you want the booster? One, two, because all of those possibilities do exist. Good question. Uh, what would you do? What would you do and what would you advise if one of your patients came into your clinic, Lake Cardiology in Mount Dora, and said, I haven't had the shots, Ken, what do I do? How old are they? Your age. Um, I would I would recommend that they get, as I said, initially the bivalent, the mixed vaccine that has the original strain plus Omicron in it. And then if they were doing, you know, whether the Pfizer or the Moderna, it would be three to four weeks later with the same bivalent vaccine. Mm-hmm. All right. There's the advice. Dr. Ken Kronhaus is here. I'm Doug Steffen on Good Day Health every weekend, going through the research that's important to people of all ages. Doesn't make a difference whether you're a man or a woman. There's something here for everybody. Uh, speaking of women, uh, there's a study that I saw about women who have mental illness. What does that mean to their body? We understand what it means to their 
mind, but what might that mean for their body? Doug, you have been the champion in the couple of decades that I've known you of the mind-body connection. Mm -hmm. And this is another example, one that you might have, you may have predicted a long time ago, but this is newsworthy. This comes out of a very important medical journal, The Lancet. Yep. And they're reporting that women with mental illnesses, we're talking about anxiety, depression, and uh, other more serious mental illnesses, but any mental illness may be at higher risk for developing cervical cancer. So why an, would be the question? Why? Uh, yeah, well, the that, th this, this study was not powered to figure that out, mm. but we could speculate and hopefully more research will be done. But we know how when one has mental illness, their immune system just doesn't work as well. It's, it's, paralyzed a bit and in order to prevent cancer anywhere in the body um you uh need to uh you, you really do need to uh have a good immune system you know you could, one might speculate that you know cervical cancer has been noted to be related to uh sometimes um your your activities if you will and perhaps um, prudent activity was not performed with sexual activity when there were mental illnesses, you know, mm -hmm. but, but this all, this is, this is only perhaps suggested by this study and it needs to be looked at. And I think it has to do directly with the mind body connection, not probably due to other behaviors mm -hmm. that could have occurred, but, but we, we believe that cervical cancer is in a way related to a virus that you can get by sexual transmission or you can mm -hmm. prevent by uh, getting vaccinated. That's those shots that are recommended right. for right. youngsters that uh, right. in a so, fairly so, early so, age. Yeah. So perhaps women with mental illness are getting less well vaccinated, are having uh, many more uh, uh, sexual partners, but that would be the only speculation mm -hmm. that one could draw from this. But I think there's probably some relationship directly um, to the immune system and its protection. But again, all of this is speculation. What do you think? Yeah. Well, I, you know, in, in terms of of uh, the, the spirit, mind, body connection, there are a lot of things. I think that cancers in general, my experience, my knowledge, which many of the uh, items that we talk about, my attitude is predicated on what you tell me or us on the you know the study front but i think stress causes cancer i think yes. mental stress is a very strong contributor maybe Absolutely. not the only one but it makes it easy for these cells if your body is challenged and you have a, a, a weakened immune system you're a sitting duck for uh, most of the cancers that are problematic today. So that would be where I'd come down. Dr. Yes. Ken Kronhaus, Doug Steffen here, continuing another uh, half hour and then some of Good Day Health. I'm Doug Steffen reminding you how wonderfully easy it is to get to Dr. Ken. I love going into the reception area in his clinic down in Madura. It's warm. It's welcoming. You get to talk to the folks that are in the office. They welcome you. You sign up. You wait for a few minutes to talk to Ken or to the staff. They do all the testing and things. Maybe you go there for EECP, whatever it is. You can, and if you don't know what that is, 
<laughs> well, you need to take a primer in it from Ken. So go see him and find out how it can help you and your heart. 352-735-1400 for Ken's office. 352-735-1400. Speaking can of just, heart. Right, can I just ahead. mention before we go to the heart? We yeah. were talking about this very interesting study about cervical cancer, and we yes. just ran out of time. And one of the important things in this study was that they also pointed out that those women who were involved with substance abuse also had a greater risk of cervical uh -huh. cancer. So somewhere it may be there, but they, in this study, they were not able to really look at cigarette use, uh, hormonal contraceptives, mm -hmm. um, or at sexually transmitted diseases. And these are all other features that they pointed out in the study that need to be investigated. Very interesting study. All right, so why we are here in the women's department, let's talk about this study focusing on ovaries and what happens to women if they have a hysterectomy, basically, before they're 43, right? What does yes. this do to... A absolutely. This is out of the Journal of the American Medical Association, JAMA Network, open this week. And you may be wondering, why are we thinking about removing ovaries before age 43 and even studying this. You know, when I saw this reported, that was the first thought in my mind. And the reason is, is because we're now getting so good at genetics and we can predict whether women are at severe, moderate or mild risk for getting ovarian cancer. And one of the questions is, it's easy to know that if a woman is at a high risk of getting ovarian cancer, getting out the ovaries at an early age makes sense. But what about so many women who are at moderate risk, not severe risk? And this study helps to push in the direction of the current recommendation, which is for women at moderate or mild risk of getting ovarian cancer, not to remove the ovaries. Because we learned in this study that when you remove the ovaries before age 43, you increase the risk of getting Parkinson's Why? disease. Why would that be, though? What do you think that would be? It seems rather a strange connection, doesn't it? It does seem like a strange connection. And the only thing that you can probably speculate is that you lose the estrogen hormonal effects. And somehow these added hormonal benefits of having ovaries do affect the brain. Hmm. All right. Well, that's a, there's a <laughs> kind of a strange one, it would seem. Anyway, um... Let's, there's a, um, there's a thing here that's not really related, uh, you know, I'm, let's hold on to this, the, the urinary tract infection item and how people get it or one of the ways people get it. What I do uh, want to uh, sort of remind people about or I wonder out loud about the um, cost of insulin. Maybe we ought to talk about that. Maybe it requires more than a few minutes, but uh, the uh, Senate in Illinois as an example of what ought to be done around the country and has been done in some other states, are rolling out a plan to cap the cost of insulin at $35. A lot of pressure mounting to bring the cost down. Growing number of people with diabetes had to ration their insulin. We've talked about this before. Uh, what makes it cost? The costs have gone up 600% in the last 20 years. And what is the, this is really a disservice so they're uh, taking action on it. You'd think the drug companies would be smart enough to take action on their own, but apparently they're not. So we'll get to that. Lots of other things happening here on Good Day Health.
Uh, let's see. Let's talk about these uh, uterine problems. People are having uh, urinary tract, uterine, excuse me. Sorry, I got the two U's here. We, I was thinking about that from our discussion of the ovaries in the last half hour. But now urinary tract infections and what's been discovered as to how you may get a UTI. Yes, uh, urinary tract infections, very common in women, a lot less common in men, much more common in women just based on the anatomy. The uh, the parts are much more exposed in a woman, and um, if you don't practice very careful bathroom habits, it's easy to spread E. coli from the colon to the urinary tract, and that's how most people, most women do get it. But in this study that was uh, published just this month in One Health, we learned that a fair amount of the E. coli actually comes from the meat that we eat from chicken, turkey, and pork. And this is a bit surprising, but nevertheless important. Just means that when we do consume these meats, you have to cook them really carefully. When you cook these meats, you have to be careful to wash your hands and make sure if you handle the raw meat, keep yourself clean, keep the countertops clean. And most importantly, uh, in the bathroom hygiene, uh, especially women, you want to move from front to back when you wipe and not the other way. And that's the best way to prevent getting a urinary tract infection and just keep the hands clean. Why would it be that you, not to put too fine a point on it, but why would the way you wipe yourself off make a difference? Well, we need to give Doug an, an anatomy lesson, ladies, <laughs> don't we? Okay, never mind. And uh, it, it just think me. about where how okay, things right. are yeah, yeah, yeah. located, okay. yeah, and yeah. it's very easy to mix them up in a woman. Yep. Okay. And that's one of the sad realities. You know, I would talk about this. I actually will talk about this on the American Family Farmer Show that I do because it seeds into a discussion that we have frequently there about salmonella, listeria, E. coli, exactly. how much of it there is around, how easy it is to be exposed to it, and the meat, especially the stuff that doesn't come from America. Uh, there are two ways of, and I'll, I'll put my farmer hat on if you'll allow me, Ken, for a second, in terms of meat, but anything. You hear these listeria and salmonella and E. coli problems from packaged uh, vegetables, from lettuce and spinach being packaged because it's not cleaned well enough at the farm. This is the problem of having huge factory farms. Uh, it doesn't, you're not served well by buying the crap that comes from there because of the dangers that Ken has just outlined. E. coli is very dangerous. Salmonella, Listeria, they're all very dangerous. You get them into your system, it's pretty damn doggone hard to get them out of your system. And they can raise havoc, uh, especially if you have a weakened immune system. You get into your stomach and you get nauseous, you get, you get uh, diarrhea, you get headaches, you get cramps, you get all kinds of things. And that's just a light case of any of yeah. these things. And, and, if I, and if I may, in this study, interestingly, the authors did not recommend for women with recurrent urinary tract infections to become vegetarians. They just recommended... Really? Well, cook yes. the meat. Yeah, no, exactly. you cook it That's through exactly. and through. You don't eat raw exactly. anything. You don't eat That's raw fish. You don't eat raw chicken. You don't eat raw meat. You cook it through and through. Otherwise, you're just asking for it. And that, again, with my farmer hat exactly. on, 
you are looking for trouble. The way the government has screwed up all of this stuff or allowed it to get screwed up. So the big ag comes in with beef and chicken and pork from China, from Brazil, from God knows where it comes from, because there's no requirement for a label on the meat as to where it comes from. So you think you're buying beef that may be grown in America, but you don't really know. There are moves afoot to change that, but it's like an act, taking literally an act of Congress to do it. So in the meantime, you don't know what you're getting. So if you order at a restaurant a rare steak, or you want your hamburger done medium rare, you are crazy. Because you don't know what you're putting into your body, and it, you, you have all of the risks of what Ken just explained, and then some. So... All right, I get off my high horse. So, but let's while we're here, um, what is it? What's the most? Is this can't be the most common cause of urinary tract infection? Is it? What is? What? What well, would be the, the most mo- common? The most common cause is when a woman does not wipe herself properly. Okay, wipes right. herself from re- re- rear to front, and mm-hmm. uh, that's the most common reason why people mm-hmm. get. Women get urinary tract infections. Men okay. get urinary tract infections much rarer when there's structural abnormalities in the urinary mm-hmm. tract, mm-hmm. and then and there become in, uh, interactions between flows that shouldn't be occurring. Got it. Okay. Uh, in a moment, we're going to uh, go down Ken Street as a uh, cardiological expert. Heart problems. We have a couple of uh, stories to catch up on with Ken's expertise and research, and one of them has to do with weight loss. And so I'll uh, talk for a moment about Calitrin, one of the uh, greatest. This isn't an invention and isn't a discovery. It's a, a disciplined approach after scientific research coming up with a drug free, stimulant free weight loss product that is safe for everybody over the age of 12. I think it's horrible that I have to say that. I guess I don't have to say it. I think it's horrible that youngsters at 12 to 18 or anybody is overweight uh, when the causes usually are self-inflicted. So if, in fact, that's the case, I'm not here to be judgmental. I'm just telling you that uh, if if your family has a problem, you should really investigate Calitrin. Go to the website, toploss.com, and check out all of, I mean, you've probably looked around at other weight loss supplements and other weight loss programs. You come around to this if you want the natural approach. That's it, and it works, 86% success rate. So that makes it the number one choice for healthy weight loss in America. For years, it's been available in a liquid or a capsule, and now uh, there's a powder that you can get. Take any or all of them. Mix and match still has the same results. Check it all out at the website, toploss.com. Get a special bargain deal when you're buying the product using the discount code Doug. And also using Doug as the discount code, you get free shipping on Calitrin, the natural weight loss supplement. Check it out at toploss.com. Back with Dr. Ken here. So the benefits is we talk about weight loss products and that sort of thing. What are some of the benefits of weight loss uh, for um, uh, for heart problems, heart, what would I say, victims of heart disease. Uh, you know, one of the things we talk about with some of these weight loss products is what happens, you lose the weight, that's great, but with many people it comes back again. So what's the scoop here? This is out of circulation, cardiovascular quality and outcomes this week, Doug. And you ask a really good question. So why does weight 
reduction help prevent heart disease? Because it helps three of the most important causes of heart disease, high blood pressure, high cholesterol, and diabetes. Lose 10 pounds, it'll definitely help your blood pressure, your cholesterol, and your diabetes. But what this study very importantly shows, even with a 10-pound weight loss, people will lose it, and then they'll gain back a little bit of it. But the benefits to the heart remain, even with a few pounds that you Mm -hmm. gain back. All right, another item here of interest. Uh, If you've had a heart attack, you may be risking what? Well, this is actually a prevention study out of the Annals of Internal Medicine that looked at asymptomatic patients, patients who have no symptoms of heart disease, nine and a half thousand, 9,500 Danish citizens, 40 and older. How many you think in that group had any coronary disease and didn't have any idea put roughly guess in that country i wouldn't think there'd be the number would be too high Um, almost almost 50 percent of that population in that country wow yes yes 47 percent 40 almost Mm. 50 percent of that population age 40 and older had no symptoms of heart disease, but had some coronary artery disease. And 10% had severe coronary artery disease, and it was felt that they were at eight times risk for death from a heart attack than those who had So all these problems contribute to the risk of you having a heart attack. Well, blood pressure, cholesterol, yeah, right. um, diabetes, mental stress, obesity, all, smoking, all of these things, yes, increase the risk. But the point is that we need, if you try to screen, you know, you had a CTA of the coronaries. Yes. If you, for screening, um, actually you had it, you, you have a thoracic aortic aneurysm. So we weren't screening, we were following that up. But while I was there, I looked at your coronaries. You try to get that approved by insurance, you can't because there's no protocol for screening for coronary artery disease with the CTA yet. But this study using the CT angiogram looked at this population in Denmark, age 40 and older, showed half actually have coronary artery disease. So hopefully we will develop insurance approvals for screening the population to prevent heart attacks. Time is due. This study shows it excellent science. And those of you who are at risk of having heart attacks and have no signs or symptoms, talk to your doctors about whether screening should be done. We shouldn't be screening everybody, but people with risk factors should get screened. Mm -hmm. Well, I got to tell you, I think uh, this is, there are so many important things that we and need to keep uh, on our mind. And it's up to you. You know, Ken can give you the info. You can get it from your doctor, but you have to take the action. And that's the sad reality. A lot of people don't. They think it's up to the doctor to keep them healthy. It's up to you with the information that you have at your disposal to keep yourself healthy. Time on Good Day Health for Dr. Ken Kronhaus. And with him are the uh, factors that, that we sort of are looking for when it comes to everyday common sense approaches to health and well-being, even though he specializes in cardio care as a preventative cardiologist, lots of people go to him for lots of different reasons. You can visit with him as well, whether it be in person down in Florida or whether using the Zoom telemedicine way. Either way, greatly satisfying, I would say. That would be the 
way I would describe it. Ken at 352-735-1400, okay? I'm not, I didn't suggest that for a good time you call Ken. I'm just saying <laughs> for good information, you call 352 352- and you might have a good time there. It depends on what's going on in your body. 352-735-1400. Okay, we've been talking about your specialty, uh, the benefits of losing weight and that sort of thing. Uh, so I wonder, and so do listeners, about eating nuts and seeds. Is it true? I know you have talked about this, but I think there's some proof that eating nuts and seeds may reduce the risk of getting heart disease. Is there a specific kind of nut or is it just nuts? Well, nuts and seeds, they contain unsaturated fats, Doug, um, fats that are heart healthy and also protective antioxidants that are very good. They help keep the blood pressure down. The key is not overdoing it. So a handful of nuts especially is, is heart protective and seeds are extremely heart protective. Not like a spoonful of sugar that makes the medicine go down. Uh, this is, I eat a lot of peanuts. I eat a lot of uh, cashews. Uh, I think that they are, I like them, and I think they're good uh, for me from all the things that we've gleaned from the various studies we've talked about. But there are all kinds of nuts out there. Right. So, And you want, you want the unsalted, the unroasted, you just want raw, natural nuts. But those are not as much fun as salted ones. They are not. <laughs> there you go. Now, question comes up on people and their sleep. I've read a lot of stuff lately about people who have sleep apnea and the various devices that are around. I have a friend who's my lawyer, actually, that has a horrible case of this, and I've seen some of the contraptions that he use. So if this goes untreated, so this is the warning, if you are a younger person or the parent of a younger person, you better listen to Ken on this. Medical Journal Sleep this week. Let me tell you, mom and dad, sleep apnea is not just for the older obese adults. Teenagers get sleep apnea. And this disturbing report shows that in teenagers who have difficulty breathing when they sleep, it affects the development of their brain. So if you notice your child, your teenager is uh, having issues when they breathe, they snore, they actually stop breathing when they sleep, get it checked out you may help them develop their brain properly. All right, next up, a question about uh, losing one spouse. If you're uh, somebody who's been with, let's say, someone for 35, 40, 45 years, and you lose your loved one, what does that do to you, especially on the male side of the equation? I've seen this bear out any number of times. Women, the wife dies, the husband goes right after it. So... Uh, how is that? How do we put the numbers and the facts together here, Ken? So uh, let's take in some examples. So a hypothetical, hypothetical man or woman in their sixties who loses their spouse. Who do you think it affects more? You you lose the spouse, the living man or the living woman. Who's affected more? Well, I know because I'm looking at the study. That's not fair. It's the man. And it's the man dramatically more. In this study, if you were in your 60s, if you were a man, you were 70% more likely to die in the first year after losing your spouse than other men around you. For a woman, it was only 27%, still a lot, but but much less affected than the man by losing a spouse. Wow. PLOS One Medical Journal this week. All right, quickly, uh, traffic accidents 
and the risk of birth complications. I know that there are a lot of circumstances in which traffic accidents cause um, premature birth. Does that play into that? What happens in that circumstance? You can see how it would cause premature labor, but in the study that you're looking at, it also does create problems with the birth and with the child. So, so mm -hmm. important, mom, wear that seatbelt, be protected, just be careful in the car because it has some unexpected consequences to the child. It's really interesting how you, th you see wearing a seatbelt is basically uh, something that's connected to your health and well-being. The Good Day Health Podcast with Dr. Ken Kronhaus, sponsored in part by Calitrin, the safe, proven way to lose weight and keep it off, and by Prevagen, really good for your mind. This program was produced at Bob K. Sound and Recording. Please visit bobksound.com. Steve is a real Prevagen user and paid testimonialist. Hi, I'm Steve, and I live in Austin, Texas. I work as a personal assistant to the owner of a large manufacturing firm. I've got anywhere from 10 to 50 projects going at any given time. I absolutely have to be sharp. Five years ago is when I started to notice I started making mistakes. My memory was not nearly as sharp as it had been. I was confiding in my friend about the problems I was having with my memory, and she said, Stephen, you've got to try Prevagen. After a period of time of taking Prevagen, my memory was getting better, and I started to feel a much better sense of well-being. If you're experiencing what I was experiencing, try it. I really believe that it's going to have tremendous effects for you, just like it did for me. Prevagen. Healthier brain. Better life. Prevagen is available in stores everywhere. Based on a clinical study of subgroups of individuals who were cognitively normal or mildly impaired, this product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease.